Welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast. We address the issues, opportunities, and challenges facing women in the development of the metaverse, the biggest revolution since the internet itself. Every week, we bring you conversations with top female talent and business executives operating in the gaming and crypto industries. Here's your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. The Meta Woman Podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast, part of the Holodeck Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss, and from Struggle to Success, we're covering it all. To our returning listeners, thank you so much for listening to me week after week. Thank you for all your love and support. I appreciate it. It means the world to me. And for all the new listeners out there, I hope you will enjoy the show. I hope you'll join me again. Um, I am just so excited about today's guest because I live my life very online, meaning I'm big into social media and podcasts and just the internet in general. I guess it's kind of a generational thing, but also not really. I just really love being online. Today, we have Claire Graves, who is president of the Webby Awards. Straight from Wikipedia, the Webby Awards are Awards for Excellence on the Internet, presented annually by the International Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences, judging body composed of over 2,000 industry experts and technology innovators. And if you're someone who also listens to podcasts, you'll occasionally hear the hosts say, don't forget to vote for me or check me out on the Webby Awards, we're being nominated. So one day I'm hoping to get there. But Claire, thank you so much for having me on or coming on today. Um, I'm just so excited to have you here. If you could introduce yourself, give a little bit of background, I'm sure everyone wants to know. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on, Lindsay. This is, I think, going to be really fun. As you say, I'm Claire. I'm president of the Webby Awards. We have been honoring outstanding achievement on the internet for the last 27 years. This year coming up in May will be the 27th annual Webby Awards. And we honor everything from, you know, websites. We started with websites 27 years ago, and now we recognize everything, the breadth of the internet. So video, social, mobile, apps, D-apps we introduced this year, software, podcasts, as you say, uh, games. And now this year we introduce metaverse, immersive and virtual categories as well. Yes, and that's what I'm so excited to talk about because I would imagine for the audience that listens to this, they may think, oh, why are the Webby Awards here? But I think this speaks to why the Webbies were created and the kind of changing nature of content and entertainment. So I would love for you to dive a little more into the gaming category, which is a newer category. And there are kind of different awards out there for games. So when you are judging for gaming awards, what kinds of things are you looking for Um, what kinds of games and people and all of that, like what are your kind of core categories that you're looking at? Well, you know, one of the things that I think is really super fascinating about our role as the Webby Awards is that we have this kind of really interesting view on how the internet is changing and how content changes. So actually you say that us recognizing games is new, but it's not. We actually have been recognizing games since the very beginning of the Webby Awards. So like, you know, 27 years ago. One of the very first winners at the Webby Awards was, I'm sure, uh, a game that many of your listeners recognize. It's called You Don't Know Jack. Um, That was a winner in 1999. And we've continued to recognize games at my very first Webby Awards, which is in 2011. We had Angry Birds was our breakout of the year. 
But you are right in a sense. We have only started recognising dedicated categories for games, I think, probably about five years ago. And our sweet spot for the games that we recognise is really like casual games, um, mobile games, so games like Hoa, It Takes Two. One of my favourite games, winners from last year, is a game called Alba, uh, Arcadian Fire and 12 Minutes. So we're really recognising, you know, those games that you can really play play on your phone. But we also recognise uh, work from games companies across all of our categories as well. So in the advertising categories, in the brand and entertainment categories as well. That makes a lot of sense just because um, I know I mentioned I live my life very online and a huge part of that is mobile gaming. And a huge part of this podcast is to say that people who play mobile gaming are a huge part of the gaming industry. Um, So I think that that flows very naturally into giving kind of awards for that. When you're looking to add new categories, because as you mentioned, this is more geared towards the casual side, the mobile side of things, which I love and Frankly, there's not enough awards out there for mobile games. People <laughs> play them. But when you're looking to add new categories like this, what kind of audience, it's a little bit hard for me to say, but like what kind of audience are you out there looking for? Are you looking for people who are, I don't know, I don't like what's your like average kind of user like or your average, the average experience or the average entertainment experience you're thinking about for a person? Like what is, what is that? <laughs> so the web is, you know, we're really recognizing companies and people that are creating the best work. And I think, you know, back to your point before, you know, one of the important reasons for us deciding to go out there and recognise games in in a dedicated way is because there's so much innovation going on within that space. And for us, it's really important to be making sure that we're really kind of like holding up and benchmarking and recognizing the people that are making the best work. So it is independent creators. We do have a ton of independent creators that enter and participate and win at the Webby Awards, but it's a lot of the games companies as well. That makes sense. And how has gaming evolved in the time that you've been at the Webbies um, as a category of interest and what you're looking at? I mean, it's huge, right? The industry is, I don't even need to tell you you and your audience, the industry is humongous. And I think there's so many ways that you can show how it's grown and how it's changed and how it's becoming, I think, I would say one of the, you know, kind of like one of the most important kind of cultural centers at the moment as well as the gaming industry. You know, we get a lot of entries, We get 14,000 entries from last year. We got 14,000 entries from all over the world. And we can really see how content is being shifted, where people are going and where advertisers are going to advertise to those people through what is entered into the Webby Awards. So over the past few years, we've seen a, a really huge increase in the work that is around games. So not only just game submissions into our dedicated categories, they keep doubling every year, but also work that's made for games companies. So like, you know, Fortnite advertising or Minecraft advertising. But then alongside that, you know, we're getting that, we're getting those, we're getting branded content pieces from those companies. But of course, we're also getting a lot of advertising within those games as well. So experiences that, you know, companies are creating within those spaces to reach new audiences and bigger audiences that are gathering on, in, on, on games as well. 
Yeah, there's been so much growth and it's it's cool. I mean, yeah, every year the audiences are growing. And this this leads right into kind of this discussion about the metaverse and this new category. Um, I will absolutely link the announcement in the show notes, but that is something, and like you said, I was a little wrong about gaming being a new category. So please correct me again if I'm wrong on the metaverse. But what are those new categories and what made you want to add them to this year's awards? Yeah, so I think it kind of goes us wanting to add those into the those categories into the awards. We launched Metaverse Immersive and Virtual this year. And for us, it's always really important to be recognizing the new work that is being created. As the pandemic hit and everything kind of went to virtual these virtual experiences and people started spending more time in metaverse experiences as well, we opened up what we called virtual and remote categories. And we had those, you know, people participating in those categories for a couple of years. And then we kind of identified that actually most of the work that was being entered into those categories was metaverse work. It's what the industry is kind of talking about at the moment. It's really a kind of interesting place for brands to go in and experiment. So we set up the metaverse categories that people are entering at the moment. The work is really super interesting, but also at the same time, we're kind of going out there and getting some of the kind of biggest and most important people within the metaverse and web three space to be our judges as well. And they help us kind of define what we are, what we're recognizing uh, and define the criteria for judging as well. That makes a lot of sense, especially given the growth during the pandemic. Why do you think it's important to start thinking more about the metaverse? Um, I think that this can probably be a bit of an obvious question, but it's just it, this is a bit early on in terms of the industry and the webbies is something that kind of follows industry trends. Obviously, like you said, during the pandemic, there's an explosion in kind of these experiences and what's going on in the metaverse. But where do you kind of think we are with that? And why do you think that we should be thinking about it, you know, for awards, for example, it's kind of a big step. Well, so I think, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think we're kind of taking our first steps into what the metaverse is and, and what is good within that space. And for us, it's just really important to be focused on what innovation is happening and what new work is being created. And one of the really hard things to do when something is so new is to be able to benchmark what's actually good in that space. What's a what's a good experience for the people that are in those spaces? What's really smart? What is what's a really clever uh, execution? Maybe what's a bit gimmicky and what doesn't make sense. And so we think it's important to benchmark that work so that people can see what's good. And that's really why we've done it. That's definitely a new way of thinking about it, especially in the world of user-generated content. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, It's hard to establish that baseline um, when, unlike, you know, traditional industries where people become experts in something, experts in advertising or experts in brand activations or experts in even hosting a podcast. Now anyone can do it. That totally makes sense. And I want to tie this into kind of this broader question of what you have seen in your time at the Webbies in terms of changes in, you know, just, and again, some of this is really obvious, but I'm interested to get your perspective, changes in how we think about entertainment, what we, how we spend our time, what we do, how we engage with the internet, even like what have been some of the things maybe that have surprised you and things that, you know, five years ago, you're like, this will never happen. And then it happened or, or just 
anything unexpected that's kind of come up as you've been the one studying the internet here? I mean, some of the stuff, maybe it hasn't, maybe it's never going to happen. We'll see. So I joined the company in 2011. And when I joined the company, when I joined the Webby Awards, we didn't honor social. Social wasn't really even, it was like at the, it was at the beginning of brands getting on Twitter and brands getting on Facebook. And so that in 2012, we opened up, uh, we opened categories like we're doing now for metaverse for social. And I think, you know, when, when I get asked that question, that is the space that I think has kind of changed the most. And, you know, it's not always for the good. It's not for the better of the internet. When I joined, you know, when I joined this company, Twitter, Twitter was kind of like a place that most people were just using for like updating people about, you know, going to get coffee or, or bagels or breakfast. Oh, in yes. the morning. It was so lame. I, when I look back now, I'm like, why? Why did I need to put that out there? <laughs> <laughs> I would say today, it's probably the most talked about thing that is happening in the world at the moment. And, you know, people are really thinking about it as an existential thing like what 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 is going to happen and how is it going to be made a good place or is it going to be made an even worse place for people to be Uh, the algorithms weren't the same when when i first started and when we first opened up the social media categories they weren't really based on you know in so much on engagement and you know rage engagement as well and so i think that that's really one of the things that we have really you know watched and seen change um but at the same time social is also really used for good you know a couple of years ago we honored Greta Thunberg at the Webby Awards and that movement that would not have gone anywhere if it wasn't for social media and you know she really changed the conversation about the climate crisis and and enabled you know, young people to go out there and, and tell everybody what they think. And so I think, you know, it's kind of, it is a very powerful place, but it's a place for us to be really conscious of what's going on on social media as well. Definitely. And I want to tie that into one more thing that was kind of in this, again, this announcement that I will link in the show notes about the metaverse. Um, and that is the responsible tech category. Um, can you tell me about the inception of that and kind of what the, I mean, again, sort of obvious, but what the goal of putting that out there and what impact you think it will have um, and how you hope that things like the Webbies can kind of help shape more responsible tech as we talk about Twitter. <laughs> so responsible technology, you know, it's kind of this huge term that not a lot of people really understand in a way. And I think that one of the reasons that we have launched the responsible tech categories is to address that. So responsible technology for us is about creating technology for the good of the world. Um, And that could be across lots of different areas, um, accessibility, diversity, algorithms and AI. And we launched them this year. Actually, we have been thinking about it for a long time and thinking about how to do that in the right way. And we were lucky in that we were encouraged to do it by some partners that we have. They're called Omidia Networks and they are a social good fund. And so together we worked on kind of creating the categories to honour responsible technology work across information for good, um, accessibility, a ton of categories, a few categories. We also launched it with an in-depth report looking at the state of responsible technology for us. 
art industry. And um, with a survey that we did to 200 people in our industry as well. And our industry is, um, you know, the people that are part of the Webby Awards community. So that is people that work at media companies and startups and advertising agencies and technology companies and brands. So the people that are really creating the internet, creating the best work on the internet. The report, I think, is a really great document for the industry to understand the complications within the eco- creating ecosystems for responsible technology, but also um, it just speaks in really human terms. And so it's a really easy way to understand what, what the issues and how to address the issues and how to also make change yourself. So we're so proud of it. We're really, it's, yeah, we're, the idea of, of doing this is not only just to educate and help people understand responsible technology and why it is so important, but the aim is to be encouraging people to create new work within this space as well. Well, and I'm so glad that we're having this discussion because I, again, like I said, I've heard all about the Webbies because I know so many people who get nominated and who win, which is really fun and cool. But I haven't thought about the kind of real impact behind consistently picking out the good parts of the industry and or of any industry, really, and um, of, of noting that and of, of how that can be a real driver for change. So I really appreciate all your perspective on that. It's just not, again, not a viewpoint that I have ever really needed to think about or have thought about. So this has been really great to learn about. Do you see as the Webby's evolved, do you see kind of more work or categories, especially because tech is like kind of such a huge problem in society, (laughs) um, geared towards highlighting these kind of solutions? Um, Like, do do you see that kind of that as a as a path forward for expansion, like starting with responsible tech and maybe growing out of categories there? I'm sure there's already plenty of work and things that you've highlighted that that do kind of pick out the good, but I'm wondering like how you kind of balance the fun parts of it with the like, we can actually make a real impact parts of it. And if one has outweighed the other previously, or you're kind of both working with those in conjunction all the time, if that makes sense. Your question is a great question because it is something that we have, we really noticed for the Webby Awards over the last six or seven years, we noticed that more and more work was social impact work. And so we started to create more categories for that, for that work. So, you know, we have the sustainability and environment category and the diversity, equity and inclusion category and our public service and activism categories, which we've had forever, are always some of the most competitive. So with that insight, you know, that work is growing with also the understanding and insight that social impact is becoming more important to people, more important than it ever has been before. People are starting to think about, you know, social movements that they think are important, but they're also, you know, really kind of wearing it on their sleeves as well. It so the, what that what they buy at the supermarket is based on how ethical and how good they think that company is. What they watch on Netflix or Hulu is often about you know how uh, learning about social impact. Who they follow on social media is often related to social impact. We also you know, really kind of like looked at the landscape and looked at companies and the fact that companies have noticed that when they have a purpose and a mission, they retain talent much more, they're actually much more innovative. And so we created, the Webby Awards created a new award solely for social impact work. 
It's called the Anthem Awards. We launched it last year and it recognises work across seven different causes for social impact. So health, education and the arts, humanitarian action and services, uh, sustainability and environment and responsible technology as well. You know, it's amazing. It's the most amazing thing, being able to recognise social impact work and people that are making work in non-profits and brands that are really making an impact. It's the most incredible thing and we thought that it was going to be successful, but we really had no idea that how the industry would respond. And it's been an, an incredible ride so far. We're in year two now, and it's pretty amazing. We definitely found that, and we'll also link that in the show notes so that people can check it out um, and nominate and vote for people who are in that category. That's that's really cool to hear. And obviously, we've, we've gone through so much social change and transition um, and I think it it does speak to the fact that the Webbies is is listening, which is really good because that you're right, people are paying more and more attention to that lately. And again, providing that benchmark and that baseline can be a really valuable and powerful tool to make sure that that continues in a good direction. I want to change it up a little bit because we've been talking about the Webbies so much, but we haven't talked about you quite yet. So tell me about your work and how you got to where you are, your role how you've been kind of able to move up in your time at the Webbies and and continue to stay motivated and continue to stay creative. I think it's very easy to get into a slump after uh, 10 years at a company, but you have just remained creative and open and exploring new ideas. So tell me about your journey a little bit. Okay. Well, you can tell from my accent that I'm Australian, hopefully. Yeah, I had an inkling. Um, I grew up in Australia, but I actually, I was born in the UK and then I went back to the UK for university. Um, I went to university up in Edinburgh in Scotland. And then after school, I moved down to the U- to London, to um, England, and I started working in the advertising industry a year or so. I landed at a digital agency called Poke, which uh, was an incredible place to work. It was do you know, one of the most creative digital-only firms in the UK at the time. It was just like a magical, magical place. It was 60 people, but everybody was like best friends and just wanted to create the best work. So there I was a, a, a project manager at the time, which at a digital agency back then was somebody who both managed the client and managed the production of the work. And I was working across like big consumer brands. So The Guardian, which you know is the newspaper, one of the newspapers out there, American Express Red, Topshop, uh, or a little bit of work for Orange, which is a telecommunications company out there, Bernardo's, which is a children's cha- charity, and Skype, which was a huge client for us back then. We did Skype.com, which was a, a really, uh, really, really big website. Yeah, just, you know, barely anyone gets on there. No biggie. <laughs> You know, I moved to London. It was a bit, it was like the place to be. And then I realized that maybe the place to be was New York City. So I wanted to move to New York. I moved to New York. I interviewed at so many places. I interviewed all over the city. And I was talking mostly to like advertising agencies and some production companies. I just couldn't really like find the opportunity that I really wanted to get into or the one that I was excited about, I suppose I should say. And then I had known the founders of the Webbies for uh, a long time, a few years, because they came to London often and we would hang out when they were in London. And 
they said, why don't you come and work here? And actually it was the most amazing gift and opportunity to me because the internet people, they're my people. And I really love the internet. I love like talking about the internet. I love internet banter. This job, I get to like be with the internet people you know I get to like spend time with the best people in the industry and then look at how it is changing and how content is being new content's being made and content's being shaped and formed and I find that really fascinating and it's also like an incredible job because I don't know of another one like this where you just celebrate for a whole year we just celebrate I love that. Um, and you did say, you said the magical words about being with internet people. I actually joked the other day, I, I said something about if my head wasn't so full of tweets that I could constantly reference, I might have an original thought. <laughs> um, they're all just sitting in there waiting to be used. <laughs> um, so totally get it. Um, yeah, same. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you've been able to, since you started at the Webbies, how you've been able to move up and what were the ways that you continued to be able to grow? Like, what did you do to keep yourself kind of moving forward? Well, you know, we're we're lucky at this company because it's not a huge company. We don't have have a lot of people here. And so everybody kind of gets to wear lots of different hats at the one time. And so you can find areas that are interesting to you and you can, you know, you can, together we can get excited about ideas and then make those ideas happen. So, you know, as I said, I started as a producer. Maybe I didn't say that. I started as a producer. Then, you know, I've been here for 12 years, so I've kind of grown as the company's grown and we've really grown the Webby Awards since I started as well and which means that we're able to you know hire new roles and create new roles and be able to go out there and grow the company in interesting ways as well and grow the grow what we recognize and grow who we recognize in interesting ways as well. As you have moved up uh, do you miss the production side at all? I would imagine that you spend kind of more time on like people management than maybe um, actual kind of production work. What has that change been like for you? Do I miss the production work? I mean, I think that there's parts of production that any manager still does in a way because production is all about like working to help get people to create the things that you need to create and do the things that you create to do so it's a little bit like that being a manager as well because you're still working with people to you know mentor them and and get them to think about uh, you know their work in new ways as as well and create you know they're they're managing people that are managing people to get the work done but I see what you're saying. The, the thing is, is that for me, the biggest creative project that we have is the Webby Awards. And it's a, you know, it's a 90-minute show. And together as a team, we create that. So we decide who out of the winners we want to go on stage and we work with our academy on the special achievements and making sure that the special achievements are the big things that have happened that year and are credible for the, you know, when you're thinking about the history of the internet and that year. I still got a lot of energy and a lot of excitement off of producing a, a really big award show. It is big and it's only getting bigger. <laughs> um, I feel like every year I hear more and more about the Webbies. How has your kind of mental load changed as you've moved up? I think we talk a lot about work-life balance and 
honestly, I'm like a little tired talking about it, but I'm also curious as to how people who wind up in positions as yourself, where you're the president, you know, you're in charge of this thing, how you're able to kind of keep everything running smoothly as well as have a life. (laughs) So what are some of the things and ways that you're able to kind of balance everything or tools you use? I'm I'm hoping that those might be useful to someone out there. Well, you know, the thing is, is that you, for me, I have, um, you know, progressed in my career at the same time as, or it feels like at the same time as having a family as well. So I have two children. Frankie and Ray. Um, Ray is one and Frankie is four. And so it's, you kind of, when you have children, you kind of have an enforced work-life balance because you can't not go home to look after the children. And on the weekends, you have to look after the children. So they, you mean they don't just raise themselves? I've been really stairs <laughs> so you have to check you have to check off we have a lot of rules here or I guess I guess that they're not really rules they're maybe unwritten rules in that you know we don't like contact each other off of work hours like we don't really slack before 9 or 10 a.m in the morning and we don't really slack after 6 or 7 at night and that is on the weekends there is no communication unless it's like, you know, the weekend before the Webby Awards and we've got to like deal with stuff. And I think that that's really important. Another a couple of things that we've done here, which uh, I think are kind of amazing, are on Fridays we have no meetings at all. And that's kind of fantastic because it means that you know that you have a full day to like put your head down and really like think about strategy and think about like just getting a a thing done and you also know that the rest of your team is kind of doing that as well and not having to you know sit in meetings and sit sit on zoom and it means that you can also like go and get lunch with someone or get coffee with someone and you know for me they're always particularly when I'm meeting with people in the industry, there are always some of the times that I get my good ideas or some of my best ideas is when I'm like out and about and meeting with people and understanding what other people are thinking about as well. The other thing I will say is that I'm, this is maybe for you. I'm not sure, Lindsay, if this is for you, but I do a lot of yoga. I love that. <laughs> um, I'm glad I, I am not a yogi, but I, I think that the greater point is that it's important to have something that's for yourself outside of work hours. Yeah. And for me, yoga is and whatever. A lot of people, you know, they use running, or the, you know, classes or whatever, but it's a moment of just like to, yeah, exactly time for myself on my mat. I'm actually kind of sometimes the most creative when I'm on my mat, just like in the flow. And it's also really good to stretch. <laughs> yes, I I not necessarily a yogi, but I am a big uh, I stretch every night for sure, like twenty or thirty minutes of just stretching and it feels fantastic. So highly recommend that. Um, I I do. I was laughing actually to myself this morning though when I thought about all of the kind of wellness stuff that I always think I'm gonna do. I'm like, you know, I could just stop lying to myself about journaling every night and waking up at eight a.m. every day and doing morning runs and all the stuff. I'm like you know, having like one to two things that I actually do would be more beneficial than starting and stopping a thousand things that I'm not going to do. (laughs) I think that that is like the point, right? Like I think over the last couple of years, I've just like stopped beating myself up. Like I've stopped, I've stopped 
like putting expectations as high as possible for myself when I don't really expect that of anybody else. And like you, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be mad at yourself for not, you know, I don't know, meditating every morning or whatever goal you've set out, which is unrealistic anyway. And just like to enjoy it when you do get to do it. I like that point of don't put up the same, don't put up higher expectations for yourself than you would of anyone else. I think it's easy to get lost in trying to implement all these things. I read a ton. I read a ton, books, news, all kinds of stuff and so much wellness stuff. And I'm always like, oh, like the research says I should be doing it. And it's like, but the research also says that nobody does this. (laughs) And there's a reason why. And it's because people can't find the time. (laughs) Um, So I, I like that idea of keeping your thinking about if, if you were kind of a friend, like what would you be telling them um, about the expectations they have set for themselves? I think that's very wise. And magnesium at nighttime. It okay. makes you, if you wake up, if you're someone that wakes up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep, take magnesium. It keeps you, if you wake up, it puts you back to sleep. That I actually do not have a problem sleeping, but several people in America do. So that will be helpful advice. <laughs> undoubtedly well that that is I mean yeah part of what I love doing on the show is bringing people on for advice just like that of of how to just be happier um I think there's there's a lot of competing opinions out there but it's nice when someone can just share what makes them happy and why um and and what works because it might work for someone else I want to kind of end uh with a discussion on podcasts because you and I briefly bonded over both being huge podcast fans and no joke. I think I'm subscribed to about 20, like four daily ones and series and all kinds of stuff. Like I just, I have favorite hosts and I mean, just a lot. So first, what are some of the ones you love listening to? Obviously I'm sure ones that have won Webby Awards, but either daily ones or series that you think like, oh, everyone should listen to this. It's amazing. Well, so I have like a, I, I'd listen a lot. Yeah. So I, you know, I probably listen to I don't know maybe the ones that you listen to the, on the on the daily, but I start with the daily. Yeah, <laughs> and up first. Those are news, obviously. <laughs> and then Axios is my after that, and then I end with the Washington Post, their daily that's post reports, which is great, and also a Webby winner. Um, I really recommend that. That's an afternoon. That's on your commute home podcast. Mm-hmm. Are there any? Um, yeah get tell me about series or like series have you have have you listened to the new anderson cooper podcast on grief no i didn't know he had one everyone it's fantastic it's called all there is Ooh, what's it about so you know his mum just passed away gloria vanderbilt passed away last year and he's kind of it's really i think he just started it as part of his process in grieving and he's kind of in the middle of clearing out her things and she's kept a lot she kept a lot of stuff but he also you know he kind of has gone through grief a few times in his life and it really weighs on him his um dad passed away when he was a kid and then his brother um committed suicide as well and so he's still like grieving those and then he's also grieving his mum because then that's his whole family that has passed away. So he's out talking to people about the grief process 
And uh, it's just amazing. It's amazing to, you know, because in this culture and in, you know, Australian culture and even in British culture, we don't really talk about grief a lot. We don't talk about death a lot. And so I am just finding it really moving because he's being really open about it and he's talking to people that are really open about it as well. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. I really recommend it. Well, that sounds like difficult but useful. I don't know if this is true for you, but I have found myself more often now laying on the couch or sitting on the couch and listening to podcasts over watching television. And I just think to myself, if the folks during the radio time learned that TV existed and that we are now going back, I am now going back to the radio, I think they would be judgmental. (laughs) Are you that way too? I don't know if I just sit and listen. I definitely am listening all of the time. I, if I'm, if there is not like a conversation going on with somebody, I'm listening. So I listen from, yeah, from when I wake up in the morning until when I get in back into the house at night and also while I'm doing my teeth. So I don't stop listening at the, as I walk into the house. Well, no, and AirPods just make it so easy now. You can just pop one in, pop one out. Um, yes, I am totally with you on that. It's like when I take a break, I actually forgot about music for probably a solid year. Like, oh, I used to listen to a lot of music and I just totally forgot it existed. I've been interspersing now with more music. But like, but then I was like, oh, I don't listen to enough music. So I started listening to music podcasts. Oh, there you go. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> A workaround. I like it. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, before we get into our last little segment, I am going to just summarize what we talked about. We started with a discussion on the Webbies and how from 27 years ago, they're giving out awards for websites and for, for brilliant design online. Um, you could have an interesting take on history of the internet. And the goal is to recognize innovation Uh, and benchmark the people who are making the best work from independent creators to companies in hopes that we can kind of set some standards and encourage new work, encourage inspiration to make the internet a more welcoming place. You opened up virtual and remote categories during the pandemic and kind of wound up putting that into this new metaverse category because a lot of that fell under metaverse work. And the metaverse category was set up to actually start thinking about what's good in the space, as is the ethos of the webbies, what's smart, what's fun, what's a clever execution of a new technology, how can companies build on that, how do people experience it, that all kind of rolls into the metaverse category. We talked about the things that you've seen change and how the growth in social media has been the biggest and most powerful kind of change that you've seen during your time with the webbies, and we've all We've all been a part of that, so I get it. How there's been equal parts good and bad. Highlighted the story of Greta Thunberg as the good, and I'm glad that you highlighted the good because I think we all know the bad. <laughs> we talked about the responsible technology category and how helping people to educate and understand what responsible technology is will hopefully push more people to be inspired and creative. Social impact has been a core tenant for the Webbies, and it's becoming more important than it's ever been, which means there's more interest in expanding these categories and eventually the Anthem Awards were then created to highlight um, all kinds of social impact work. We talked about your kind of journey in your career and how managing and producing have a lot of similar aspects. You're constantly thinking about how to get the best out of people, how to get the best production out there and make everything kind of run smoothly. And when it comes to work-life balance, creating the culture is one of the most important things. So not contact people outside of work hours, no meetings on Fridays to allow people to have strategy, reflection time, 
even personal time for themselves just to recharge and refresh for the next week. And then also the third part, which is adding that outlet outside of work, whatever it may be um, for you, it is, it's yoga for sure, but just implementing something that you can go to that makes you feel good uh, and, and kind of helps you get through the week. One of the points that I loved that we talked about was um, setting expectations for yourself and to not put high expectations on uh, when you wouldn't in fact do that to other people. So (laughs) making sure that your expectations are reasonable and thinking about, hey, would I expect this much out of another person? And am I calibrating properly to actually meet what I'm doing? Which I will absolutely work on um, in the future because I calibrate improperly all the time. And then we ended with one of my favorite discussions, which is on podcasts. Uh, We're both huge listeners. Hopefully the people out there who are listening to this are also huge listeners because I would love everyone to come back week after week. (laughs) But some of the recommended ones from you on the daily side were the New York Times is the daily, Axios's daily news podcast, and the Washington Post daily news podcast. Um, And when it comes to series that you've been loving lately, Anderson Cooper's On Grief and Reflections After His Mother Passed is one that you recommend for everyone. So what I like to end on in every episode is called a moment of reflection. And it's just a chance for you to kind of look back on your career, think about where you started, where you ended up now. And what I like to ask people is what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into this kind of gaming entertainment industry and being successful? I think that, you know, when I get this question, the thing that I just think for my younger self, because when I was younger, I was like, kind of I feel like in reflecting on it I was kind of stressed out like trying to like make it work and trying to you know always like trying to do like an an incredible job like a hundred percent perfect job all of the time and I would just say to past Claire like just stop and have fun like you're everybody is there to do the best work and make the best thing and really enjoy it at the same time so just keep having fun and like it's amazing enjoy you have such an incredibly light energy to you that I hope that everyone can take that advice to heart and and go have fun um because this has been so fun for me um I I think that we are a kindred online spirits for sure um I mean, there's no point unless you're having fun, right? Like, if you're not having a good time, you spend so many hours at work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find something that's going to bring you joy every day. Very true. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you, follow you, learn about your work, learn about the webbies? What things do you want to plug? Plug away. <laughs> for me, I'm at Claire Graves across everything. You can always find me at, at Claire Graves. And then the webbies, you can always find at the Webby Awards. Makes sense. For everyone out there, please be sure to leave the five-star ratings and reviews. Check out other Holodeck Media podcasts, including Meta Business and Business of Esports. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Lindsay Poss. You can catch me Wednesday afternoons on the Business of Esports Live After Show, and you can catch this podcast in your feed every Tuesday. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Woman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Woman.